Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Hey, welcome to the Running Light Podcast. This is Bo. I'm Peter. And we are the BPs, the Bo and Peter Podcast, Better Pleasure Podcast from Running Light Ministries. I just got that. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Better Pleasure Podcast, Bo and Peter. Oh, yeah. Works out amazing. (laughs) It is divine intervention. Divine intervention. That's right. This is our podcast number 134 for all you that are really paying attention to the the number of podcasts. This one's going to be on a phrase that's super popular in our day and age. And um, it's one that there's songs about I saw online. And I'm sure it's something where people have heard it over and over and over. And it's this phrase that just says love is love Mm. you know and you've heard that before oh yeah super popular yeah super popular so i will play the the video at some point i'll edit it and put it in there so people can hear the song or things like that but the idea for us to talk about is just this idea of love is love to me these are big like propaganda kind of cultural propaganda phrases that are used in their their slogans i don't want to say even their phrases they're more like slogans they kind of represent something um an idea and like any good slogan you know noam chomsky talks about that any good slogan is one that cannot be questioned Mm. and if it is questioned then you're deemed an idiot or an imbecile or automatically in the wrong to question. He says that's the best slogan. <laughs> is the one that cannot be questioned. And 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 he I, I think he's really onto something. He's very right. Mm. You know that the best slogans are the ones where, you know, if you do question it, you're kind of you feel like a stupid ignoramus and and so you kind of you go you go with it. Mm. You know? And the masses tend to go with it. Like in the in the 90s you know, Chomsky wrote about the slogan, uh, weapons of mass destruction, Mm. you know, more, of course, military thing, you know, but, um, um, but he saw that that slogan was used over and over so much so where people, you know, just were like, yeah, there's weapons of mass destruction. You know, (laughs) it's like, they never really questioned too much of it. Yeah, you know. slogans are, are really important in our culture and society. So when you live in a society like ours that's driven by capitalism and consumerism, then the best idea is not always going to win the day. It's the idea that is marketed the best. Mm. And so slogans are really key in that. And so to take a really famous topic that most people are aware of nowadays, the idea of pro-choice versus pro-life. It's like, why do we brand ourselves in that way? And why do we brand our opponents in opposite ways? So if you're talking to someone who's pro-choice, they will refer to themselves as pro-choice. If you're talking to a pro-life person, you say, what's your opponent's position? They'll say they're pro-abortion or they'll say they're pro-death, right? And if you're going on the opposite side and you ask a pro-choice person, describe your opponent, they would say, well, they're anti-abortionists or they're fundamentalists or something like that. They'll they'll brand us with something that's less flattering. And it's really important for us to grab that and to understand, like, if you want to fight against the culture that we live in, this consumer culture, oftentimes you have to slow down and pick things apart. That sounds kind of boring, 
what usually happens is we have these propaganda wars. So someone comes up with a slogan and then someone else attacks it with a more pithy slogan. And then it goes back and forth until the best slogan wins. And by the way, we're never really going to win, right? People on our side are never really going to win because the means of media are controlled by the opposite side. Yeah, I, I think of the Twilight Zone, you know, and in, in one of the Twilight Zones, Rod Serling has this preacher preaching at the end. And he says, you know, no one wants to be in the minority because the minority died on the cross, you know, 2000 years ago. Mm. And, and, and that's true, you know, and, you know, money makes the world go round and, you know, the message of the gospel is a free message. There's no commodity there. There's Mm. no, nothing to sell in the gospel. Right. Uh, There's nothing to gain. Right. Um, there's a lot of humble pie in the gospel. And it's, it's also true about the gospel, which is very cool and beautiful, is that a slogan can't save you. So there are many people who believe that they are Christians and they know the slogans of Christianity, but they're not Christians. Right. So they'll say like, well, you know, this is a very popular one and it kind of ties into what we're about to discuss. People will say like, well, you know, my Jesus loves me. And what they mean by that, is that a true statement? Yeah, but what they mean by that is my Jesus doesn't judge me. He doesn't care about my behavior. He affirms me no matter what I do. Mm. That's what they mean. And so they've they've accepted the slogan, and man, that's the big slogan, especially during the Jesus movement. Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life, right? That was a really, really big slogan in Christianity. Now, someone can believe that slogan, speak that slogan, but still take away the exact wrong message. So we have to be very careful in our, again, our consumer culture and our culture that's always fighting for seconds of our attention to dedicate our minds, to dedicate our our hearts to being disciplined and being people that could actually take time to think through what we're saying and why we're saying it uh that's a that's a very big deal so uh you want to get into that slogan now yeah let's let's talk a little bit about this love is love love is love, love, so, is love. so what it, wh- when you hear that term what is usually the context right so that term is again just like all these other slogans we're talking about it's really really vague and it can't mean what it sounds like so if i go up and i ask somebody okay you think that love is love and they say, yeah, Be like, OK, what if a father loves their daughter when they're young? Let's say they're three or four. And part of his affection for her turns sexual. Is that love? Even if he calls it love, even if he believes it's love, is that love? And they'd be like, well, no. They're like, OK, so love isn't love. Right. So the, the statement can't possibly mean that love is abstract and it's just subjective and it's whatever you think it is. Uh, Because you would never tell a rapist that just because they believe they're acting out of a love, that they're actually acting out of a love. But what is the the, the context is usually, isn't it usually like based around the idea that, um, um, you know, my, like in today's culture anyway, like my sexual appetite is fine because love is love right right that's kind of how it's used in a sentence right exactly so that's usually what they mean and 
even that, so they believe it, but they don't really believe it. Because, like I said, if you take it to its extreme, right, most right. people don't buy that. Right. Uh, but, like, that is what they mean. It's not necessarily random subjectivity. They're not saying, like, any format of love is love. What they're saying is, is that any sexual attraction is mutual and it's equal to yeah. any other sexual yeah, attraction. Yeah, and it kind of carries with it that political idea or legislative idea that you know the way i love in a relationship should be legitimized mm-hmm. in a political sense right in a legal sense right the way you know quote the traditional way is mm. monogamy which again we like to you know in running light we like to point out that that's not the tradi- traditional way right paganism's traditional right right monogamy is actually the fixing of right. the destructive powers of paganism. <laughs> I, heard, I heard someone saying this the other day and it was like, that's such a great point. And he said, uh, they were like, Oh, we're, you know, we're in a post-Christian culture. And he's like, there is no such thing as a post-Christian culture. There's only a pre-Christian culture. That's right. He's <laughs> like, you know, Christianity is like the pinnacle. It's God revelation to his people. Anything else is regression. That's right? right. People have already done it. It's been done for thousands of years. There's nothing new. It's just going backwards. That's right. And and I think that's I think that always has to be reiterated. Right. You know that idea, and that's that's important. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, nothing new with with these different kind of relationships. But that's the idea I get from the cultures that there's a love love is love is kind of that idea that, hey, what I'm doing in my relationship should be on par legally um, and um, affirmative as any, as what is the norm. Right. And so, right? So right. what is the norm? The, just as you affirm the norm, so affirm me, because right. love is love. And I, I think that the people who originally said that, you know, when, when it really became popularized was around 2008, 2009, uh, when the Obergefell decision came down from the Supreme Court and legalized gay marriage, right? That was what President Obama said. That's what virtually everyone who was a part of that decision said. And what they were referencing is specifically gay marriage, that if a man is attracted to another man and loves and cares for him in a way that's loving, right? Love is love. Then who are we to critique that or to say that it's lesser than a love that a man and woman have. Yeah, and now that we have 15 years under our belt of of this experiment, we get to go, hey, what is the is there any ramifications for love is love? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like and 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 I think what we see uh, for sure happening is the envelope just keeps growing. Right. You know, it just keeps going. Right. Right? Absolutely. And so so we have now we start now we're really having questions, which is really interesting. We're really having like societal talks about like pedophilia. Right. We're really sitting down at the table. Minor attractive minor attractive persons. That's right. Not pedophiles. That's right. We're looking at we're looking at like, hey, should we you know, like, hey, it it might be good to take uh, a sexualized, you know, child and you know and have that give them the or and let's be affirmative right. in their life right and so if if a nine-year-old thinks that they want to love in this way mm. or that this is what makes them better or sexually mm. um you know or about their sex their biological sex you know now you have 
physicians that are affirmative. You know, I, I think psychology has gone the route of affirmative, uh, affirmative action, if you will. Right. Oh, for probably the last 20 years. Yeah, I'd agree know. with that. You know, that that psychology is pretty much gone that way of just like you come into a psychologist and they're just there to basically just <laughs> kind of go like, yep, OK, cool, great, right on. <laughs> You know, and it's like, I love what Jordan Peterson says about yeah. those kind of things, man. He really gets on him. He's like, what? You know, like I would be the worst counselor in the world to affirm your bias. He's like, you do know? you want affirmative health care? You want to go to the doctor? And they're like, what do you think is wrong with you? That's right. <laughs> what kind of pills you want? <laughs> but so maybe that's, that's like the result of this test of love is love. Right. You know, maybe that's what we're seeing is that, is that a lot of the love is love is just, um, you know, now we really don't know where this ends. Like, <laughs> love is love. And, okay, so, right? So, the last 15 years, wouldn't you say yeah. the experiment is getting a little more interesting now? Oh, yeah. And and even that, you know, it's funny. I was talking about there's no such thing as a, a post-Christian world. It's only pre-Christian. I was just looking at this up today. This isn't even a really old idea. So this isn't something lost to the ages. I was just reading about the Marquis de Sade. Mm -hmm. Did you ever read about him? Yeah, no. God, why does that name ring a bell? I'm no, I like know a, with all you're reading like, about sexuality. Was like a, oh, wasn't he like a, like a bondage guy? Or yeah. Something? Okay. So lived during the French Revolution. Yes. And he was super into BDSNM. Yeah. And actually the term sadism comes from him. Yes. <laughs> he was the dude who coined that phrase the and, and bondage and uh, sadomasochistic sexual behavior, it really comes from him. And he used to just buy prostitutes and beat them. And his wife actually participated with him. And I was reading about this guy. I was like, this is radical. But he was living. He's a he's a more radicalized version. But during the French Revolution, this is what the intellectuals were saying. Like, love is love. What's wrong with that? If I want to express my love in this way, then what's wrong with that? If I want to express my love in a different way, if I want to have one partner, good yeah. on you. If you want to have a bunch of partners, good that's cool you. too. You know, if you want to have, uh, you know, a male partners, female partners. Yeah, they just cares? go for it. Whatever. That's right. It's 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 kind of hedonism philosophy, right? Exactly. It's pretty much just live for pleasure and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you do it. Now, okay, so the last 15 years, you know, the current experiment, which isn't new, it's right. going back to old um, things. Uh, you kind of see where it's all going, and that there really is no end in sight of really where the end of it is. And this is this is new. So this is uh, something I want to point out that I just read today. That again makes me laugh a little bit. Uh, so the monkeypox thing. You and I were talking about this last night. Yes. I was reading an article of someone who posted his experience with getting monkeypox. And it's it's impossible not to laugh if you read this guy's post. And I don't know if he's trying to be funny or not, but this is the consequence of this kind of thinking, the love is love ideology. So some people have suggested, hey, 95% of the people who have monkeypox are gay. Not only are they gay, but they're gay men who have specifically hooked up with strangers in the last couple weeks yeah i think there was an article about something in like brussels or yep there was a huge orgy where it came out it was like a music festival it's like a rave festival. or something exactly where people were hooking up multiple day festival and that's where it really began to slipstream into the community 
this guy, he talks about getting it. And he's like, he's like, yeah. So I was hanging out with my buddy and he was having a birthday orgy. And he says it like, so <laughs> he says it just like that. Like, no, yeah. You know, my buddy's into some interesting stuff and you know, so he had, it's just no preamble. Hey, I was hanging out with my buddy and he was having a birthday orgy. You That's know, like right. we all do. That's right. Know, we, like... we, we went and got a burger, came <laughs> back, a... a little orgy. The, I don't know, red meat before an orgy. I don't know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but anyway, he says he, he hooked up with, I think, 20 men in that weekend. Wow. And says, man, and I got, I got, I got the, uh, the monkey pox. I don't know how it happened. This is crazy. And he's talking about it. Now, the consequences of the love is love thing means that I can't say anything against your sexual proclivities even if what i'm saying to you is not even ethical right so me looking at that guy and i'm an hardcore stone cold atheist progressive and saying to him maybe you shouldn't hook up with 20 dudes in a weekend you know yeah, like use a little bit of <laughs> maybe uh, just discernment hook up with some guys maybe know their names first Maybe maybe know a little of their medical history. Maybe know if they've been to Brussels in the last couple months <laughs> and raved up there. You know, that kind of normal communication is something that you can't even say, right? No one in his Twitter feed is even saying that. They're just all like, yeah, you know, these are these are scary times. We all need to be cautious. And it's like, no, just tell that dude. You shouldn't, as a general practice, you shouldn't be hooking up with 20 different guys in a singular weekend. Maybe you know? in 100 years, right. you, can, <laughs> you can work on 20 people. But I mean, honestly, if you hook up with 20 different partners in a singular weekend that you don't know anything about, you better thank your lucky stars that the only thing you walked out of there was with monkey was monkeypox. Man, you know? that's insane, dude. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty incredible. I yeah. mean, gosh, if you, you think of people you know, on that level, that's a, that's a level where you have thousands of partners in your lifetime right you know that's 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 pretty reckless yeah you know i would imagine bonobo monkeys yeah <laughs> even they would blush a little <laughs> like, like, whoa bro 20 <laughs> that's that's too much <laughs> <laughs> so the the one who got the monkey pox man should have listened to the monkeys yeah <laughs> that's crazy okay so love love uh is love I have a problem with that statement in this way. And you, you pointed out kind of that no one really believes it. Right. And, but my thought is this, is why, like, how does this make any sense? Just the, the, the slogan itself, love is love. Like, how can love is love? How can you define something <laughs> with itself? Circular definition. And, and it's like, it's like listening to, uh, you know, someone talk about racism today, right? you know, and you're asked and they get asked a question about what is race. And they're like, well, it's being racist. <laughs> you know, and you're like, and they're like out of college yeah. <laughs> and everybody's clapping like, oh, that was great. And race is, this is how Ibram X. Kennedy, uh, Kendi, who's one of the, the big kind of yeah. racial proponents right now, defines it in his book how to be an anti-racist. He says, racism is the quality that produces racial inequalities in a racist system. <laughs> it's like, that's how he defines it in his book. This dude is considered a scholar. He's considered wildly brilliant. And that is his definition for racism. It's like me saying, 
you know, a gecko is a gecko-like creature that has gecko qualities and lives in a gecko-like fashion. <laughs> you know, like it, it tells you nothing. It, it tells you nothing about what you're trying to define. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of one of my big problems with that statement. Right. Is that love is love. It's it's kind of illogical. It's incoherent. Um just in a logical way like it doesn't even mean anything it doesn't mean anything right right love is love well of course love is love i mean <laughs> what else would it be well, yeah what else could it be <laughs> yeah. if it's love you know it's like wall is wall yeah you know people are people yeah <laughs> it just it says absolutely nothing i mean it, it's cool if you're in like you know the fourth grade yeah like, love is love <laughs> right? really i can totally is. see your kids saying yeah. something like that you know and she's like three years old dad i just learned that love is love (laughs) i thought it wasn't i mean it's something that when a little kid says it you kind of go oh that's so cute yeah you know but golly man like as we get older it's like love is love what that doesn't make any sense so that's the big problem i have with that statement too is is it's not coherent logically at all it doesn't tell us anything about love what is love love is love like what is that yeah you know what do we mean by love right. what is the definition of love right what does that mean you know and me and you've done so many talks where we've asked people like hey what is love and you know compassion you know caring right. uh this that right. you know well is, is it is it just compassion right or is it not you know this other thing right this mentioned you know uh what is it right you know and and uh, it seems like intellectually, we're just not, we're not there as a culture to want to actually get into the minutia of what love is. Mm. And instead, we like very simple slogans right. that help us because we don't really need to think. Right. You know, we can just act on our emotions. Right. Right. And, and you know, we, we get affirmed in that. And so it's kind of like the win, yeah. the win in the society. Absolutely. You know, you you go, man, love is love. And people go, man, that's so true. Right on. You know, and you go, man, yeah. So that frustrates me with that. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. It is it is just a very nonsensical, very elementary level of logic and thinking that has unfortunately become kind of conditional for our particular culture. So huge bummer. Yeah. Um, I like this this essay that Jonathan Edwards wrote. It was like the last one he wrote and then he died. And so, unfortunately, if you've ever tried to read Edwards, I know you have. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly like light reading. No. It's not exactly like reading like Yancey or something like that, where it flows really nice. And it's it's thick. It's meaty. And it's complex. And he wrote this one as a rough draft and then died. So he never was able to fix it. So it's even harder. So it's it's much more difficult to get through than any of his other things. But the content of it is very good. It's called True Virtue versus Common Virtue. And one of the points that he makes, which I think is really good, is he's like, let's just go down to the simplest possible. He's like, I know that love is a much more nuanced topic than this, but the simplest possible thing is if I do love somebody, that would mean that I would want what is best for that person. Now, I might not know what is best for that person, but if I genuinely love someone, I can't say I love you and then seek your harm or seek something that will damage you or set you back. I have to, if I do love you, seek what is absolutely best for you and your being. And then he reasons out and he says, if God exists, if God is real, 
then God is who is absolutely best for the human person, which means that if I love you, and again, he's not even arguing anything beyond that. He's like, if I love you and I accept the existence of God, then that should, that ought to compel me to do everything within my power to bring you into greater unity with God. Everything in my power. So if you reason that out for the Christian, right off the bat, we would have to say, well, then no, love isn't love, right? Is it possible to be, to have loving emotions and feelings towards somebody, but then take those feelings and emotions and turn them into a selfish, narcissistic endeavor? I love the way you make me feel, and I'm not going to encourage you in a way that might take you away from me. So a good example that you always share was with your relationship with Sylvia. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you would look at it and say, well, ethically, biblically, it's wrong for me to be with this girl because I'm a guy and she's a girl and that just don't work. It's like, no, like <laughs> obviously there was everything about it fit into that right biblical ethical category. But still, you were compelled to say, even though I love her, it's still not right for me to be with her. And you know, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, yeah, and you just nailed it. it, it, it come where, where you know, you can, I, I like what you're saying, because, you know, with me and her, there's that, oh, I love her, I'm with her, I, I like being around her. But then, you know, there's that subtle, creepy selfishness that comes in there, too, where you start doing things um, in your world contextually that really isn't for the benefit of the other. Mm. Um, you know, it starts being for you. And, you know, and that's kind of how even pornography works, right, right, in our lives, right, where, you know, things become now very selfish oriented and where we dwell on that and where, you know, and, um, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just a very subtle approach where we can, you know, you can be in a monogamous marriage. It looks very Christian and you're loving. You do love your spouse. You do care for her. You do have compassion. So when people say those definitions of love, hey, uh, compassion. Well, I have compassion on my wife. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, giving. Oh, I give to my wife, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, caring. Sure, I care for my wife, yeah. uh, you know, but, you know, but there's still other aspects that you find a lot of selfishness in, mm. um, you know. So, yeah, to me, like the shallowness it blows my mind that so many people can embrace such a shallow view of god and and not our shallow view of love mm. and and what's really blows my mind pete is the idea of that when i was a non-christian like it seemed obvious to me yeah that love wasn't love right <laughs> <laughs> like like it would have been better it's like i think our motto was much more honest you know lust is lust yeah <laughs> you know and it's like lust is lust yeah and and it's like you can call it love all you want right but when we chip down into it mm. you know uh it, it when we drill down there, there's nothing but you know self-seeking love does not seek its own and we certainly were seeking our own mm. you know and that's and, what and I, I like what you culture. said about that that that's a more honest approach because i remember that too when i was a kid yeah uh it wasn't too much different when i was uh, a kid versus yours in that way yeah i mean even uh, this is crazy to some people when barack obama ran for president in 2008 his official position 
on gay marriage was that traditional marriage is defined as a man and a woman. Right. That's what he said. That's, his, yeah. That's what he said when he was running for president. That's what he said in his acceptance speech. But he turned on that pretty quick. But at any rate, I remember that saying you loved someone was a big deal. You would usually have to date someone for a long time, and then you would drop, you know, you'd be like, man, you dropped the L word. You know, it was right. like a big deal yeah. to tell someone you loved them. And you didn't just do that to everybody. But the most guys in high school were kind of honest. They're like, I'm not really looking for love. You know, I'm not really <laughs> looking for love right now. So they, they did have, in a weird way, when I was going to high school, people had a better idea of what love was and what love wasn't than they do today. Where they're like, yeah, I have a general idea of what love is. I just don't want it, right? I don't want to seek the betterment of someone else. Right. I want what I want. You know, I want to have a good time. And if someone wants to have a good time with me, great. But I'm not really pursuing your love. I'm not really pursuing a long-term committed thing. Yeah. Know? And I think love, love, the the slogan itself is kind of morphed into, into this idea of, hey, well, you know, it's kind of like the slogan, you do you. Right. You know, kind of thing. Right. Um, who else would I do? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. But it's it's like these slogans. It's like, you know, that love versus love, uh, or love uh, is love carries that idea of like, you know, again, it's a trying to legitimize something. Right. And that's, that's what we have to understand about the slogan. Hmm. The power in the slogan is that it's trying to persuade us. Right. That there is something of... Um, that there's something to we, we need to start seeing something as legitimate right and to not see it as legitimate is totally out of the category of loving mm. and and so it kind of carries with it the reason why it's such a good slogan is because if you do question it mm. you do kind of in a sense you get the idea that you're really not loving right you know and that's pretty powerful slogan right you know to 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 make people feel like they're not loving if they're not embracing the slogan right and that's what makes that slogan super powerful yeah because how many teenagers really want to be on the opposite side of loving right right how many 20 year olds really want to be on the uh, to be deemed a non-loving person right amongst their peer group right nobody right. nobody on social media wants to get uh you know, hassle. I'm a hateful person. <laughs> right, yeah. right. You're a, a this phobic, yeah. uh, this phobia, whatever it is. You know, no one wants that. Right. So it's a great slogan in that it's trying to persuade people to legitimize something. Um, I think they've been wildly successful too. Right. Yeah. Right, and also, and also, in a sense, demonize. Right. Um, you as an unloving person. Even to the point where a lot of Christians have bought into this. So again, like that's that's how far we've gone as a culture, which is kind of radical to me. But it's it's radical to me in this sense. It's radical to me in how fast things have gone. But I've always hated how naive Christians were, because when this started happening in 2009, if you were to talk to me when I was gosh 19 years old, and you'd be like, Peter, how do you feel about this? I'd be like, Well, it makes a lot of sense. You know, like we've become a more secular society. Homosexuality is more widespread. You know, it, you can't really say that our laws or our morality has really descends from any type of biblical structure anymore anyway. So why not? But like a lot of Christians were so naive in their perspective of, okay, but the Christian ethic isn't 
actually supposed to line up with the worldview of the world. Right. You know, it's supposed to be different. It's supposed to be a counterculture. But they're so like the Christian culture was so simplistic in mind and not really understanding of what we believe and why our ethic is a particular way that once the world went that way, the church really went that way, too. Yeah. And definitely we could we could definitely do a podcast on that about the that it's you know that's the interesting thing about the kingdom of god the bible teaches is that there would be the wheat and the tares there would be this really interesting vibe within the church movement itself Mm. there would be those that really stay with god and then then half of the church would be going a different whole route yeah you know the way quote of the world and there i think most of us uh in Christianity, or from my generation anyway, that gets saved, we realize that the United States was a very uh, lukewarm Christian environment, and that at some point something needed to happen. Right. You know, um, that it was, it, it already really became very, um, if you will, fluid with many things mm. in the business, in military, everything. Yeah. And the different complexes that we have, the military complex, the pharmaceutical complex, all the different industries that make up the United States, you can look at all of those and go, hmm, pretty interesting. Right. Uh, you know, pretty suspect yeah. as far as its Christian <laughs> right. value. Right. You know, it's like, is this really for, is this really about Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not quite too, I'm not convinced. Yeah. You know, and um, and so I think you saw that already, uh, you know, just in 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 the culture. Right. Just permeating the culture at large. Hey, it, we'll maybe talk about this on the, another podcast, too, because yeah. it's such a cool topic. Love is love. love, is love. And it goes along with that other one of you do you, do you which I follow your heart. Don't want to try that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys have a great one. Take care. Bye bye. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.